Hollywood with DP, a weekly podcast talking about high school and college sports right here in central Illinois. I'll discuss what I saw in the past week, what's coming up on Channel 1450, and what we're looking forward to. Episode 24 of Season 3. And before you leave, because you don't want to hear me talk for another solo podcast, don't worry. I've got a guest this week, and it's some great conversation. Illinois College quarterback Destin Chance joins me this week to talk all things football. But first, you'll get some basketball and wrestling talk as that's what I saw last week, and then we will discuss what's coming up on Channel 1450. First, what I saw, exactly what I told you. The Waverly Holiday Tournament being a very special thing, and another great chapter was added last week. On Thursday, I was in Waverly for the semifinals. First things first, Auburn handles business against South County. 24 hours after the Vipers battled to win a quadruple overtime game against Route. More on that in a bit on what's coming up, but Thursday night... West Central runs away from New Berlin for a big win to set up the Waverly Championship game. Before we get to that championship game, Friday morning, spend some time at the BOS Center for another edition of Abe's Rumble. Matt Grimm and Jeff Hill do such a great job with the largest team dual wrestling tournament in the nation. Everyone from the Auburn and Porter wrestling communities chips in and makes everything go off without a hitch. Great job again, guys. Congrats to Matt and Jeff. Porta and Olympia Wrestling both won their pools and advanced into the gold bracket on Saturday. We'll get to those results shortly, but first, Friday night, the Waverly Holiday Tournament Championship. Doors open at 5.30 for a 6.30 start. They opened a little early because I got there right at 5.30 and the parking lot was already full and there weren't many seats an hour before tip-off in the gym. Auburn versus West Central. Both fan bases showed out, and basketball fans in general showed out. When coaches like Blake Lucas and Steve Dilley have to stand under the South Basket, you know there were no seats. There were people sitting in the aisles on both sides of the bleachers. There were people sitting on the floor on the stage. There were people standing in the hallways, only able to see a sliver of the floor during the action. Zach Evans and the Cougars got out to a 10-point lead to start the game, built a 22-point lead in the third quarter, and then Auburn comes alive. The atmosphere in the fourth quarter as Auburn cut the lead down to seven was just incredible, something you can't really describe. Just a general amazing feeling around the sport of basketball. West Central wins it, and Zach Evans was named MVP. If you get the chance to go see him play, Please go do so. He's one of those special scores. All right, Saturday, got to see some more wrestling in the morning. The Porta Blue Jays and the Olympia Spartans both won their first duels and advanced into the Elite Eight of Abe's Rumble out of 60 teams. The Porta Blue Jays would finish fourth overall at Abe's Rumble, and Olympia finished in sixth place. A great showing from two of our teams. Saturday night, got to see another great atmosphere in small school basketball, the Waynesville Holiday Tournament Championship, featuring the host Bullets taking on the Tolono Unity Rockets. The Bullets missing their All-State caliber point guard as Blake Scheffler is out for the season with a broken ankle. So the Bullets are still trying to figure out their new roles, but they looked very good on Saturday, giving the undefeated Tolono Unity Rockets all they could handle, ultimately coming up just short, losing by three points. So we had one girls team win a holiday tournament title in the Lincoln Rail Splitters and one boys team win a holiday tournament title, the Riverton Hawks at the St. Teresa Tourney. That puts a wrap on last week. This week on Tuesday... Saw some of the Taylorville Tornadoes girls basketball team. They are a legit 3A girls team with a ton of talent. On Wednesday night, got to see Pleasant Plains versus Pittsfield on the boys' side. Cooper Schellenberg drops 28 to power the Cardinals to a win. Looks like Pleasant Plains is rounding into form just as the usual county tournament team time comes along. All right, what's coming up on Channel 1450 on Thursday? I will be in Lincoln to get the Pleasant Plains versus Lincoln girls game. We will also have highlights of Rochester at SHG girls basketball and Athens at Mount Pulaski girls basketball on Friday. I will be at Lincolnwood versus Nokomis Boys Basketball. That's a 12-30 game because both schools are invited to attend. Yeah, that's right. The entire 
School District is going to be there. So an awesome atmosphere for that game. That's on Friday. Then I will be at South County versus Auburn. That game's in Auburn on Friday night. Another chance to see this great matchup and give the Vipers some rest before they play to the Trojans this time. We will also have highlights on Friday of Jacksonville at Lanphier, Lincoln at Glenwood, and Southeast at SHE. Boys basketball, all three of those CS8 games. On Saturday, Lincoln at Glenwood Girls Basketball, the final two teams that are undefeated in conference so far this season. Lincoln, obviously, still undefeated overall, and finally ranked number one in the AP poll in 3A. Also Saturday, we will have highlights from the St. Joseph Ogden Shootout featuring the Uhi Boys and the New Berlin Boys not playing each other if they play back-to-back games. Also Saturday, the Clinton Shootout will have Morel Forsyth playing Calvary and Rochester playing Clinton next week. Monday starts the Sagamon County Boys Basketball Tournament at Lincolnland. Three games every night, Monday through Friday, and all those games will be broadcast on Sports Radio 1450. We will not have highlights of every single game, but we will have highlights from every winner's bracket game. That starts Monday at 5 p.m. with Lutheran High versus Pawnee. At 6.30, it's New Berlin versus Pleasant Plains. What a great first-round matchup. At 8 p.m. on Monday, it's Athens versus Tri-City Sagamon Valley. Also on Monday, we will have... The Sagamore Conference girls basketball game between Pleasant Plains and Williamsville. That game is in Williamsville. On Tuesday, the top-seeded Calvary Saints will take on the winner of Pawnee at Lutheran High in the 5 o'clock game. That's at Lincolnland on Tuesday. At 6.30 on Tuesday at the county tournament at Lincolnland, Auburn versus Riverton. Another incredible first-round matchup. The 8 p.m. game on Tuesday will feature the Williamsville Bullets taking on the winner of Athens and Tri-City Sagamon Valley. Also Tuesday next week, we will have highlights from... Lincoln Girls Basketball at Normal Community and Glenwood at Jacksonville Central State 8 Boys Basketball. Next Wednesday, the first Sagamon County Tournament semifinal will feature the winner of Calvary and either Lutheran or Pawnee against the winner of Auburn versus Riverton. That's 6.30 on Wednesday at Lincoln Land. And just a heads up for next week as well, the second Sagamon County Tournament semifinal featuring the bottom of the bracket, either Williamsville or Athens and Tri-City, Sagamon Valley. That game is Thursday night, also next Thursday, Porta at Riverton Girls Basketball and Illini Central at Pleasant Plains Basketball in Sagamo Girls Action. On Friday, I'm taking off for vacation, so Leanna and Michael will hold down the fort for the county title game next Friday night, as well as city wrestling and some great games next Friday and Saturday. That's it for what's coming up. Let's get to this week's guest, Auburn graduate and current Illinois College quarterback, Destin Chance. All right, we're talking football this week. I've got Destin Chance, so first of all, Thank you for joining me. I appreciate it. Um, as this football season kind of wrapped up for you, um, has your body kind of recovered now at this point? Uh, no, my body is not yet recovered. <laughs> i probably still going to have to get surgery on my foot. Um, went to the foot specialist, and he said I might not need surgery, but the more I move around on it, it seems like it's going to linger around, so I'm going to have to go get that fixed. When did that injury happen, and what exactly happened? So week one against Milliken, <laughs> um, the first drive of the third quarter, I, Evan Henley was blocking up field getting to the second level and I just happened to cut and as soon as he cut he stepped up to reach block and snapped my midfoot in half. I completely tore my Liz Frank tendon and it was something I had to deal with for the rest of the season. Um, and it sucked when it happened because we had to play Lake Forest <laughs> right after that and I couldn't really move and injury that sucked lingered around. And, and that's one that doesn't just heal it's up. On its own, does it? No, it, it doesn't heal on its own. Um, you just kind of have to de- deal with the pain? Yeah, I kind of just had to deal with the pain. Um, scale of 1 to 10, what was the pain level like during a normal game? Uh, it's pretty bad early on. Before the Lake Force game, I got out of bed and I couldn't even put any pressure on it. Yeah. So, I mean, I just told myself well, I'm going to go out there and just have to deal with it. So, kind of mind over matter and just played through it. 
Um, one thing that had to make you feel a little bit better was your offensive line. I want to start there and talk about them because the numbers that you put up this year, you don't get without an offensive line. What what was special about this year's offensive line for you? I think just like the chemistry with everyone, um, about a lot of us worked out over the summer together and kind of started building chemistry there. And, you know, they all had my back and I had their back, and I trusted them, and I didn't worry about it, and I knew, and I was comfortable in the pocket. And I really, in all reality, with how my foot was, I couldn't scramble. Like, I couldn't run. As you've seen before, I like to run, I like to scramble, and I couldn't do that. I think I only had 250 yards of rushing yards this yeah. year, and that's kind of unheard of because I can maybe have 250 rushing yards in a single game. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, I was relaxed in the pocket, and my brother put me in very good situations to get the ball in my hand quick, and we had attachments where it's like – the run pass option for me, but I wasn't running, so I was throwing attachments to everything. So, I'm sure you you learned at a young age as a quarterback that you have to trust your offensive line, and and if you don't have a good offensive line, you're not going to be good. It doesn't matter how good you are. Um, so, what what did you kind of do with this year's team in terms of you know building that relationship with those guys? I mean, we just you know it literally was the off season grind with those guys, and then in the locker room, locker room talk, and just building chemistry and all being on the same page and wanting the same end goal, which was to win the conference championship. And we accomplished that goal, and now it's time to take the next step and this offseason build because now we know what it takes to compete with a top three team in the country. So, When you talk about this offense, um, the numbers were crazy. Uh, I want to start with the fact that um, coming into the season, you probably had certain goals for yourself. Um, did did you break those goals or did you achieve those goals? I think I always had the goal to put my name and try to be the D3 Heisman Trophy winner, the Gagliardi. Um, I knew I had the capability of being an All-American, and I didn't get All-Region, but that's all right. Uh, at the end of the day, I, all I care about is really winning, and that conference championship, that's the best achievement I could get. And being a, voted team captain on the team, that was a huge goal, and that's probably one of the biggest accomplishments. Um, we talked about your journey earlier in the season, but just to get to this point for you um, and be a, a starting quarterback in the situation you're in, um, what would you have told yourself 10 years ago that would have changed this path? Is there anything that you would have done differently? Anything I would have done differently? Uh, I mean, there's quite a bit. You can always look back on your past and done a lot different and uh, kind of put yourself in better situations the older you got. Um, dealt with some adversity early on at a young age in high school and it kind of closed some doors for me but God always has a plan and I think at the end of the day it worked out and showing. When you had the opportunity to be the starting quarterback for this year's team um, what were what were the initial conversations like with your brother and with coach Ray in terms of you know what you guys wanted to accomplish and what you could do with this team? I think we always knew because like this is the same group of guys I played with the year the COVID year, mm -hmm. and uh, we kind of knew we had the talent, knew we had the pieces. So coming in this year, we knew we had everything. And now that we kind of not knocking like the old offense coordinators or anything, but we kind of had a spring. They had a spring with the offense coordinator. That's something we didn't have because we always had offense coordinators in the fall. So I think that spring was a huge help for our guys for, to fully understand what was going on in the offense. And just some of the guys we brought in and the recruits we brought in was huge. And so, like, going into the season, everyone, like, had the goal, like, we are going to win the conference championship, the first ever for Illinois College. And it was a goal that we achieved. And in the playoffs, I mean, yeah, we wanted to win. We know we're going to get a pretty bad draw no matter what. 
Um, but now we know what that standard is and that level of football, so it was a really good learning experience for us. And now we know we have to take it to the next step in this offseason, kind of get over that hump and win a couple playoff games. The relationship with your brother, um, I have three younger brothers, and we're all very close. Um, but we're also all very competitive. For you and Drew, um, what is that kind of chemistry like where you guys want to achieve the same goal um, at the same time you guys maybe don't see eye to eye on everything? Is that the case, or what is that relationship like? I mean, we usually do see eye to eye on a lot, and then even if we don't see eye to eye, I mean, he's my coach, so I respect him, and um, he has authority over me and what I do. Um, but majority of the time, whenever you have the same end goal and you are on the same page and you want to win, you're going to respect one another. So at the end of the day, I have to show him ten times more respect than he shows me, but we both want to win, and we're going to do what it takes to win. So, What did you learn from him growing up in terms of being a quarterback that you maybe do the same or do differently? Uh, it has to be toughness. He beat me <laughs> up quite a bit when I was a kid, but all jokes aside, um, my brother is probably one of the smartest football brains I've ever been around. So I've always had the natural athleticism, and he's always worked his tail off, and he's a true winner. And just being with him and being around him and seeing what it takes to be a winner, that's something I've really learned from and how to lead people. Um, he took the, like he's done a lot of firsts. Um, whenever he went to West Virginia State, they had the winningest record in school history, I think, and they beat teams they've never beat. And they're putting up numbers they've never put up. And he's the first first person to take our high school Auburn to a state championship. Yeah. And now look what he's doing at IC. So it's just cool to be around and kind of learning how to actually do that and how to lead and how to be a winner and doing what it takes to lead. You've kind of grown up in that situation of not only watching your brother, but your dad knows a thing or two about quarterbacks as well. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah. So was that just kind of always what you knew you were going to do in terms of football? I kind of always knew I was going to be a quarterback, and that's kind of what it's inspired to be as a college quarterback. Um, my dad, he was an amazing athlete, but more, more athletic than I was for sure. I think he ran a 4-5 or five back in the day. <laughs> but due to injuries, he was Division One, but due to injuries, he had to go back down couple divisions due to concussions but Tyler Cookie crumbles um, my dad at a very young age taught me the fundamentals and we were running RPOs and like, we were running everything in sixth grade so it's whenever I got into high school I was already ahead of the curve and then even college I mean it's the same thing I've been running my whole life so how much does it help that your dad is also a quarterbacks coach you know and he not only gets to help you but he gets to see different high school quarterbacks and see not only what their skill sets are, but kind of learn the game in a, in a different way than, than you can see, and how does that kind of help you as well? I mean, it helps a lot. Um, there's, I mean, my little brother's also a quarterback too, and that little kid works his tail off, and one of these days he's going to surprise everyone. I, I think he's going to be better than me. You feel that kid's arms, and he's, <laughs> he's a brick. Um, he's, you know, he has to get a little bigger and a little more mentally strong, but um, time will come, and time will tell, but as a little brother of two older brothers, I'm yeah. sure he's been beaten up on a few oh, times. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> but you have three football quarterback brains, college quarterback brains, floating ideas off one another. So, I mean, at the end of the day, it's a little ring, a circle, and uh, we all bounce around ideas, and we're all there for each other, and we're all looking to improve each and every facet of what the coaching, the game, everything. So, How is a quarterback's brain different from a regular football player? What, what do you have to do differently? Uh, well, at the end of the day, I kind of realized, like, 
you think what common knowledge is to like your offense and like everyone knows that everyone knows why you do what you're doing but not everyone does know the schemes x knows the numbers game like if there's extra hat in the box you're gonna have to you throw the rpo screen or to say they're loading the box you have to you have to check out of a run like everything like that or if they're spread out it's four one box you're gonna run it down the throat and uh some people you know they just don't really see that aspect of the game and it's a huge thing but um at the end of the day you just have to do what you got to do you got to execute and sometimes you know people might get mad that they're not getting the ball or they don't understand but at the end of the day you have to do what's best for the team and put your teammates in the best situation even though it might make some people mad there's a reason that the manning cast works so well on monday nights and it's um i mean obviously peyton and eli are, are great together as brothers but um, their quarterback brains, like you can just tell they watch the game differently and they see the game differently. And, you know, they're still learning how to explain that to people in the audience. But um, do you have that too, where you watch football games and you see the game differently than, than other people? I would say so. Um, yeah, especially my brother. But now, after being with my brother for a year and him coaching me, it's truly opened my eyes up to a lot. Kind of seeing what defenses you can attack in certain ways and how to attack and leverage and the numbers game with everything. So it went for me actually just watching football to enjoying it and just like, well, one, I didn't like, I'm not much of a sports watcher, to be honest with you. I never was, but I loved playing sports. But he kind of turned me into falling in love with the game completely and kind of watching and seeing how to expose and what teams should do or what teams shouldn't do and what teams do great, you know. So You talked a little bit ago about, you know, guys getting the ball and not understanding sometimes why they're not getting the ball or whatever. Um, I had to, we had to talk about Colin and what he did this year because um, in terms of your talent and his talent, I mean, you guys are pretty high up there, as you see from you know the awards and accolades. But, um, man, what did you see from him the first time you met him? And did you kind of know at that point that, hey, this is going to be a special combination? Yeah, I mean, whenever we do the vertical test and he's jumping like 45-plus, um, <laughs> you, you know this kid's a freak of nature. Now, I didn't know how fast his 40 time is, um, but I knew he was fast. It looks like he's not trying, but he just glides and makes everyone else look like they're in slow motion. But I think, I mean, hand time, no joke, 4-2-7, 4-2-7, 4-2-7. laser time, probably 4-4 top. I'd give him 4-3. Yeah. But, yeah, I mean, dude's just a stud. He's a freak, and I'm glad I can play with him. When you have that confidence in a person, um, how much does it change kind of the – not, not necessarily the game plan, but just kind of your your trust level. Like, okay, I can always have that option. Like, I'm, I'm going to trust him if I need to bail out and do something. I think I have a little more confidence in him than he does in himself. Um, <laughs> I tell him, like, man, I don't, I don't care if you're triple covered. Like, you're the best athlete on this field. Go up and get that football. But um, there's a lot of times I would have to completely forget about my read because how fast he was where it wouldn't matter. And I could just throw him the ball and put it in the right spot for him because he's so fast. I can put it anywhere, and he's gonna run and get it. So, when you guys have that relationship and you're putting up the numbers you do, how do you also, as a quarterback, as a captain, and as a team leader on offense, um, like you said, make sure everybody else is happy too because they have to see and understand that hey, yeah. he deserves to score five touchdowns in a game, but we're gonna yeah. score a few more. Well, if you look at the attempts um, towards the end of the year, a lot of games he was. I threw it to he was like the third leader in passing attempts or passing receptions and uh, he just takes it to the house like he's a guy that you can throw a five yard screen to and he could crib it at any second um, but I think 
like there's one game Will Campbell I threw more t- more passes to Will Campbell, Cam Lewis, um, Grant Stegman, and Colin Still I think had more yards and touchdowns than him. But sometimes you have to dink and dunk and take what the defense gives you. And I think that our offense understands like certain situations. It's one on one, and we have the best receiver in the country. We're obviously going to take that and expose that. Um, they also understand that whenever they try to adjust to that, like, okay, we're going to dink and dunk and get other guys to the ball, which we have four, even, yeah, four or five other athletes that can all get the ball in their hands and go do something spectacular. So, This is just a handful of examples, but um, if you look at your team with you, uh, with Charlie, with Garrett, um, I mean, Colin went to Jacksonville, but still that's a smaller school. Um, and if you look at, you know, North Central with guys from around here like um, I mean, Will Kettlecamp from Taylorville, the parody kid from Central A&M, those are all smaller schools. I mean, Lanin went to Chatham, but that Nick is Nick Laird from... Nick Laird. Joey from St. Teresa. The, the talent around here is definitely able to play at the level that you guys yeah. play at. Um, but what would you tell a kid from Auburn or a kid from Pleasant Plains that maybe has that talent, but it, it doesn't just take talent to play at that level. What what does it take in terms of the buy-in that you've learned throughout these last four or five years? I mean, some people look at Division three. they're like, oh, that sucks. Like, at, at the end of the day, every single person on that field is a dog. Um, we had, I think, two wide receivers and a running back, all Division one bounce backs, came back. I went to Whitewater, and I competed against a 6'6 USC transfer, Minnesota transfer, all Division one guys. So it doesn't really matter what division you go to. You have to really fall in love with the game and fall in love with the offseason and the grind because a football player is made in offseason, especially in college. It's more so mental than it is physical. It's like mentally you're going like especially your first year a lot of guys get culture shocked and not really understand because it's at such a fast pace you install and then you have to go execute that install and say you didn't study the night before and you don't know it fully and you don't know everything well lose a rep so your freshman year everything's about just maximizing and uh what's the word i'm looking for exceeding on every rep that you get to kind of maximize and benefit your potential to maybe catch the coach's eye as a freshman to get playing time and see the field. And I think a lot of people, whenever they get in college, they kind of get their hopes up and thinking that they're coming in and they're going to be the guy, and they they realize real quick that there's guys that have been here for four years, they've been in the weight room, and they've been grinding, and they're just wanting to see the field one time. So that's kind of the hard work and dedication it takes, and just don't quit. With all that being said, um, now that this football season's ended, what what do you do in this offseason knowing you have one more one more year? So right now, I'm trying to recover still a little bit. That number uh-huh. 44 hit me pretty good <laughs> on my AC joint. And then my my foot, uh, yeah, my foot actually finally at the, the last two games started feeling good enough where I could move around a little bit. And then I ended up, I wasn't used to sprinting because I didn't really – had the opportunity to run very much because of the level of pain in my foot, and I ended up pulling my hamstring. And that Wartburg game, that was that was tough. I needed to be able to evade and kind of buy some more time back there because their D-line was really good. But the plan is really to just rehab, try to get back for spring ball, and then kind of crunch time and just grind, put my nose down and grind and get peak, peak shape before uh, fall camp. 
when you looked at what you did this year, what you accomplished, you said the goal was to win the conference, and you guys did that for the first time. Um, obviously, that sets the bar pretty high. Um, so, you know, what do you what do you set for yourself as the goal next year? What do you hope to accomplish for you and your team? I mean, for the team, obviously, run it back and win conference. Um, all of the personal accolades don't really mean anything at the end of the day. It's a team sport, and obviously, if the accolades come, they come. But I'm gonna put our team in the best situation to win a football game day in and day out, and that is on and off the field it, it doesn't just start on Saturdays it starts right now and mentally getting prepared reading defenses knowing the playbook inside and out um, but I think it, it's it's not the same goal anymore um, obviously one conference that's the number one goal but that should be the standard now so we raised the bar we put the bar to an expectation well we have to exceed that expectation so everyone everyone's thoughts like oh win an Addy so that is going to be the goal is to go win a natty, go to the natty, but we have to do what it takes and we see what happens. So awesome! Thanks for your time, man. I appreciate yeah. it. Thank you. Huge thank you to Dustin for his time and great conversation. That was a lot of fun to talk football at that level. Hopefully, he heals up well and gets ready for another great season next year for the Blue Boys. That's a wrap on this week's podcast. Thank you all for listening. I'll see you next week. <laughs>